Yo, what's happening, everyone? It's your host, Brian Allen, and welcome to the All In, All Out podcast. And today, I got a good episode for all of you who are listening. Today, I will discuss my testimony in full detail. Now, some of you may be wondering, a testimony in regards to what? Well, it's my testimony in regards to how I became a Christian at the age of 14 years old. Now, I've told the story a couple of times, not in full detail, but in enough detail where I believe the person understood the journey and how I became born again at 14. But before I get into all that, I believe it's best to explain how I was before I got saved. And I'm going to give a quick rundown of how I was as a child, just to lay the foundation. As a child, I was very disobedient. As I said to all of you, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell it how it is. I was very disobedient as a child. I used to act up. I used to throw myself on the floor. I used to whine and complain. And when I was in elementary school, it got really bad. To the point where when I was in second grade, I used to get put in the corner of the room. Because I remember at Fox Run Elementary School... In the classroom, there used to be a desk in the corner for kids who would be disobedient and disruptive in the classroom. And I would pretty much be in that corner every single day. Not even kidding, not even exaggerating. To the point where the school would call my mother every day complaining or letting her know of my behavior to the point where even my mom told me that every time she would get a phone call during the day, she would get startled or she would have, I don't want to say fear, but trauma through the phone ringing because she was nervous that it had something to do with me. Uh, that's how I was as a kid. Now, coming into teenage years, I would say the official journey started when I was a freshman in high school at Brian McMahon High School in Norwalk. It really started when I was on the basketball team. And for those who don't know, I started playing basketball at the age of seven years old. It was and still is my number one sport. The only sport I played organizationally, still to this day. And not to brag or anything, but from seven years old up until my freshman year in high school, I used to play a lot. 
in terms of starting, in terms of accolades, AAU, all that. Then when I started playing in high school, specifically my freshman year, I remember the first game. I believe it was against Westport. And I didn't play in the first half. Now, I'm thinking to myself, okay, it's just one game, not a big deal, just a flu, whatever. And then as games went on, I played less, played less, less, and less. Now, mind you, Prior to my freshman year in high school, I was playing a lot of minutes, whether it was AAU, whether it was a house league, or whether it was a travel league. So at this point, I didn't know how to handle myself. I was getting, I was depressed, I was angry, I was frustrated, and academics weren't even a concern with me. Not at all. I believe the first quarter, I got a 2.3 grade point average. But in my mind, I didn't care. I said, look, I know the minimal requirement is a 1.7 GPA average. I'm good. As long as I get above that, I'm good. Because prior to my freshman year, when I was at Ponis Ridge Middle School, I was getting all high honors. I remember one quarter I got 3.9, another quarter I got 3.4. But I remember my social studies teacher said that anything that you do in middle school doesn't matter. What he was referring to was the academics. Because when you're high school, that's when your academics do matter. Because that will pretty much determine what type of college and university one person would get enrolled into. But in my ignorant mind, I took it as, ah, academics don't matter. I did all this hard work. I got all these high honors and... I ain't do, I ain't going to get rewarded for it. So I'm just going to do the bare minimal. So culminating with getting bad marks in school, going through what I went through with basketball, I started going downhill. I was hanging out with a certain individual, won't say his name, But I started smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, drinking liquor. I used to, (laughs) I'm pretty sure I only did it once or twice. But when my mom had liquor in her home years ago, many years ago, I used to steal a bottle from the closet in the kitchen Put it in my book bag and have it in my book bag the entire day of school. 
And then when I hung out with that particular individual, we would go in and drink it. It, it got so bad and I didn't care to the point where I showed up to basketball practice high one time. High off weed. Now, I didn't smell like weed, but I was high off weed. Now, I, I was high to the point where I was still functional. But if I came across someone who was a, a consistent pothead, they would have known. So overall, it was bad. It was bad. But, and, and, and... I remember the second quarter of my freshman year, I had got gotten a 1.8. And I remember one day in the locker room, the entire freshman team was in the locker room with the head coach. The coach, I believe his name was Ken Dustin. He called me out in front of the entire team. Because apparently I had the lowest GPA average out of everyone on that team. And I'll never forget what one of my teammates said. I won't say his name out of respect. This particular individual said to me, Man, Ryan, I thought you were smart. And... When he said that, I brushed it off. That's a guy, whatever, you know, I, I don't like you, kick rocks. But looking back at it, on that statement, it hurt me. It hurt me because I knew I was smarter than a lot of people. Whether it was decisions I make, whether it was my discipline academics, it's just that. I didn't apply myself due to depression, due to ignorance, and due to laziness. So, moving forward with that, I have one saving grace. I have one saving grace. And that was my cousin, Virgil Watley. We call him Virg for short. And... He's my cousin, and at the time, he was staying with me and my family. And this dude was my best friend. We did everything together, from playing video games, playing card games. He taught me how to cook burgers. We played basketball when we used to live in Meadows Garden or the hill as People know what call it. We essentially do everything together. And he was saved at the time. And he was heavily into Christianity. He was heavily into God, period. And he would go to every Bible encounter, Bible study for those who don't know. He would obviously go to church every Sunday. And he would consistently be in his word. But the one thing that I picked off him that 
I didn't see in anyone else was that Verge was always happy. He was always smiling. He was always joyful. He was always at peace. And I envied that at the time. Looking back, looking back at it now, I envied that. And I was jealous of that. And I remember one day, I had asked my mom. This was after my freshman year in high school. Which I've always said was the, the best thing that happened to me. But it was, without any doubt, the worst year of my life. Period. End of story. And just for a side note, I remember when my mom saw my last report card for my freshman year, and I saw the disappointment in her eyes. And I told my mom, you will never see these type of grades again. I probably had an overall 2.4 GPA average. I don't remember off the top of my head, but it was low. And by the grace of God, I ended up graduating with a 3.0 GPA. But anyway, I remember asking my mom, why is Verge so happy? Like, what, what is it about him that makes him the way that he is? And mom told me that, you know, he was a Christian. You know, he gave his life to God. And I said to myself, hey, well, let me give my life to God because I want that type of happiness. Because as I said, I was angry. I was depressed. I didn't like my life. No, I wasn't suicidal or anything, but I didn't like my life. I didn't like the way that it was going, the way that I lived. No lie. Even my freshman year of high school, the same dude that I hung out with, smoking the weed, smoking the cigarettes, I tried to take his girl. I, I won't say her name, but I tried to take his girl. And I, he probably doesn't know this now, but he was dating another girl, and I threw him under the bus. He confided in me a, a a secret, and I told the girl. Now, what he did was wrong, but I still told the girl. I, I, I was a scumbag before I got saved. I'm telling you, I would be the type of person that told you your mom could die in a ditch. I mean, it was bad. It was bad, and I realized it after my freshman year, and I said, something got to change. I, I can't live like this no more. I don't want to live like this no more. So, I and I don't remember exactly when I got saved. I don't. I'm not going to make up a date to all of you and say, oh, I got saved in my mom's basement on August 5th. 2014. I ain't going to do that. Okay. I don't remember exactly when I got saved. All I know is during the summer of 2014, 
entering my sophomore year in high school, I made the decision to give my life to God and to become and become a born again Christian. And a, a while back, I had, I had asked God, no, what did I do to give my life to you? Did I go to my pastor? Did I go to my family specifically? What did I do? And God told me, you just confessed everything that you did. And you said that you didn't want to live this life no more. And if I need to give my life to you, you mean to God, then I give my life to you. I give everything to you. And that's when the, the change happened. So with that being said, I got saved. I got born again. I gave my life to Christ at the age of 14. Because it's something that I needed to do. And most importantly, it's something that I wanted to do. And I'm going to give a shout out to my cousin, Virg, Virgil Wally, because if it wasn't for him, truly, and it's the 100% the truth, if it wasn't for my cousin, Virg, I would have not gotten saved because the way that he lived was such a bright example of how a true Christian is supposed to live. And it helped Mainly because he was only—he's only probably four years older than me. He was—he legitimately—he was the big brother that I never had. Plain and simple. As I said, we did everything together. People used to call us brothers when we would be at the bus hub or LA Fitness or anywhere in public. And that was my dog. <laughs> so I, I thank Virgie for leave, living the way that he lived, being an example in my life, leading me into Christ. And it's the biggest blessing that I could have ever gotten. And then eventually, years later, I got filled with the Holy Spirit. But that's a different topic for a different day. So that's my journey becoming a Christian. Now, in the next segment, I'm going to talk about how I changed as a Christian and my life now as a born-again believer. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the All In, All Out podcast. Yo, welcome back to the All In, All Out podcast. Now I am going to discuss the change that happened with me from being non-born again to being born again. And before I explain 
the aftermath. I do feel the need to explain to people what does it mean to be quote-unquote born again. Born again, it, it means that there is an inner change with you, a change with your spirit. Because when we are all born, we are born into sin. Thank you, Adam. And for us to be born again, that means that we need to give our life to God. We need to give our life to Jesus Christ. As it states in John, I believe John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So what does that mean? That means is in order to live a, a life of peace, joy, all the fruits of the Spirit, we need to give our life to God first and foremost. And that comes through faith and that comes through belief. That's just the the summary of it. I will talk about that in the near future, but I just want to give a quick breakdown of what it means to be born again. So go, going back, what change happened with me when I did get born again, when I did get saved, when I did give my life to Christ? Because when an individual does truly becomes born again, a change needs to happen. Something needs to become 180 degrees in terms of someone's lifestyle. You know, if someone said to me after I got saved that you're still the same person that I was before I got saved, now that's a problem. That is a huge problem because a change absolutely needs to happen. Now, I'm not saying you need to become a totally different person, but a change does need to happen. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples in my life of a change that, of changes that has happened. The first change that happened was I no longer lied to people. As I mentioned in the Genesis episode, if I were to describe myself, one of the things I would describe as a personality trait is I'm transparent. I don't lie to people. And once I got saved, I did not lie to people. Now, I will admit to you all that I have lied in the past while and when I got saved. But I can count on my hand, on one hand, the times I got saved. I mean, excuse me, the times that I've lied. The first example of when I lied is when a science teacher of mine asked me if I cheated on a test. I looked right into his eyes and I said no. Straight up lie. The second time I lied 
is when I was at my church's outreach barbecue during the summer and my sister had asked me, did you take this burger? No, not kidding. Did I take this burger knowing that it was meant for this guy? I said, no, should have lied. And another time that I lied, I won't go into detail about that, but I'll just let you know, I did it because certain family members of mine likely would have went to jail if I did not lie. And I did tell this particular family member, I will never lie to you again. Those are the only occasions that I remember off the top of my head where I straight up directly lied to people. So that's one thing that changed about me. I don't lie to people. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'll be respectful as possible. But you're always going to get the truth from me, no matter what. Another thing that changed in me is my consistency. As I mentioned in the first episode as well, I've made it a passion of mine to remain consistent in whatever I do, however I act. That does not mean that I won't continue to evolve as a, a born-again Christian, and just as a human being in general, but who I am, who Ryan Allen is, you will never need to say, you know, some days you act like this, some days you act like that. No, that's just who I am. And it goes back to the word of God. I believe it's in Hebrews, I believe chapter 13, where Jesus says, I'm the same today, yesterday, and forever. And the way that it was taught to me that I am the same today as I was yesterday. And I'll be the same today as I am tomorrow. I probably got that wrong. But the point is, Jesus was always the same. He was consistent. And when I did get saved, I understood the seriousness of being a Christian. And I did not take that for granted. And I still don't take that for granted. So consistency is definitely a change that happened within me. Another change will be prayer. Now, I will admit to you, do I pray every day? No, I don't. I don't purposefully neglect prayer, but it's something that I am continuing to work on because for a long time I was of the mindset that ah oh, God already knows what I want. God already knows what I, I need. But prayer is important because because prayer is a way of communicating to God and having that relationship with God. But before getting saved, I didn't pray at all. I didn't even think about prayer. Even when I would eat 
I didn't pray before I, I ate. I remember one time in lunch, at lunch, sophomore year in high school, I ate, I got my food. I was sitting next to this guy. His name was Handel. And I put my hands together. I prayed. And after uh, I prayed, he asked me, hey, did you, you just pray over your food? I said, yes, I did. And he shook his head up and down in, in respect. So that's another thing that has changed. And speaking of respect, the last thing I, I will mention that changed within me is respect towards people. As I mentioned in the last segment, I was the type of person that would tell you your mom could die in a ditch. That will also curse people out publicly. Excuse me. But ever since I got saved, I've made it a valiant effort to be respectful as possible. And that's one of many things I am continuing to work on, especially being compassionate and empathetic and sympathetic towards people. Because I was the type of individual, even in my beginning stages of Christ, or a babe in Christ, as my pastor would say, that stuff that would come easy for me, for example, not drinking or smoking or doing drugs anymore. Oh, yeah. Almost forgot about that. I don't drink and smoke anymore. I've been straight edge since 2013. 2000, yeah, 2013. So I don't do that anymore. But going back, as a babe in Christ, stuff that would come easy for me, when I look at certain individuals and they're doing the same thing, I'm just like, damn, why aren't you not doing this? Like, why is it easy for me, but it's hard for you? And as I grew, I come to understand that Certain people lived a certain way. They grew up in a certain environment. And it's just harder for certain people to do certain things and not do certain things compared to you. Because I will admit, I was fortunate of the childhood that I had. I didn't grow up in an abusive household. I didn't grow up in a neglectful household. I grew up in love. My oldest sister was born again. My mom was saved. I grew up in the church, so it wasn't abnormal to me. And people didn't give up on me. Even when I was acting like a knucklehead and acting like a dingbag, people didn't give up on me. Miss Shirley, God bless her heart. She was my secondary mother growing up. You know, when teachers 
gave up on me when they didn't have impatient when they were impatient with me Miss Shirley she would calm me down and set me straight didn't give up on me and I am forever indebted to her for that Sister Sean Sean Soldier she never gave up on me even when I would be rude to her at certain occasions when I would act out she didn't give up on me. She continued to pray for me. She continued to be there for me and teach me lessons that I will forever take with me and share with my niece, my nephew, my future kids, and my future wife. So I'm, I know I'm fortunate in that regard where many people aren't. So when getting that revelation, I started to fully understand having empathy towards people, having compassion towards people, being patient with people when they don't get it. <laughs> but that's all part of the journey as being a born again believer. We continue to evolve. We continue to, to learn to grow as individuals. And I do need to make this statement. I'm not pushing Christianity on people. That's not the intent of this podcast. I don't have an agenda to push Christianity on everyone. But what I will say is, it is a goal of mine to see people get saved and give their life to God. Because as I mentioned earlier in the scripture of John, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the only way that you will have a peaceful life. A great, a truly great life. Now, people out there are going to disagree and that's okay. But I know for a fact that before I got saved, I did not have a great life within myself. After I got saved, I have a fabulous life. I have a great life. And I wouldn't trade it for nobody out there in that world. You look at Robin Williams. You look at Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Sam Cooke. Who who else? Who who else I'm thinking of? Anyway, those those same people. They all died tragically. Prince, another one. He, they had all of the money in the world. All of it. All of it. And they all went out tragically. All of them. Because they either didn't give the life to God or they live a worldly lifestyle that was against God. Plain and simple. And if I can help you 
find your way in life, I'll be more than happy to do that. So with that being said, that is my testimony and how I became a Christian. I pray that you got something from my testimony. You learned something from my testimony. And hopefully you take something from my testimony and make it applicable to your life. Whether that is being truthful, whether that's being consistent and or being respectful. So that's that's it. That's all I got. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Spotify. If you want to follow me on social media, my account is at salute to rye. That's S A L U T E, the number two, rye. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow the podcast account, it's only on Instagram. The username is All In All Out Podcast. As I said, like, subscribe, give the five star rating, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, even share. Now, the more this news gets spread out, the better I know it would be for individuals. With that being said, stay blessed. Stay well back. Thank you.